Good evening, it's Friday night again, and that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we talk to Tom Scudamore. We catch up with our usual trainers, Jamie Snowden and Richard Phillips. usual tipsters in the shape of Colin Brown and Dave Wilson join us. And the Sporting Life's Simon Holt will be here with his selections for the weekend. We've got news of the Coral Racing Club. All the racing news. And our usual equine superstar. So let's all get comfortable, get your pens and papers ready, and let's hope we can come up with a few winners for you for the weekend. Well, good evening, everybody. It's A.D. Hopper here. Let's kick off straight away with all the racing news from the racing media with Mike Patton. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. Here's this week's first news story. At champion hurdle favourite Constitution Hill and Gallup Hander Schomp, who threatens to light up the Cheltenham Gold Cup, featured among a mouth-watering list of stellar names on course for next month's festival following Tuesday's Scratchings stage. Trained by Nicky Henderson, Constitution Hill was an exceptional winner of the Supreme Novices Hurdle last season, but is unlikely to have things his own way in the Unibet-sponsored Champion Hurdle following the emergence of State Man. The pair figured among 14 horses left in the race, and that number includes Honeysuckle, Epitante and Love Envoy, who are instead set to contest the Close Brothers Mayors' hurdle when the festival starts on March 14th. The Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase takes place a day later, and last year's winner Energamine was one of the 11 left in that. Blue Lord, Edward Stone and Editeur de Gite are among his potential rivals, while 20, including two-time winner Alaho, feature in the Ryanair chase. Flooring Porter, another dual festival hero, recently had a setback, but remains in the Paddy Powers Stayers hurdle and connections of those in opposition to Galapanda Champs do not seem to have been scared away from the Boodles-backed Gold Cup following his Irish Gold Cup success on Saturday. Contenders include A-plus Tard, who bolted up last year, King George VI chase hero Brave Man's Game, Grand National winner Noble Yeats, and Protectorat, who impressed in the Betfair chase. Statler, second to Galapanda Champs at the weekend, was also among the 23 left in. Here's our next story, here on the Racing News. Leading champion chase contender Edward Stone is recovering from a bruised foot sustained in his last run. But Alan King believes the small setback will not alter his Cheltenham Festival preparation. 
The nine-year-old was lame for most of last week following his defeat to Editeur de Gite by a head in the Grade 1 Clarence House chase at Cheltenham on 28th of January. X-rays did not find any further damage and he was reshot on Monday with his trainer confident he should make his March 15th target, providing he avoids any further problems. King, writing in his weekend column, said, Edward Stone was unfortunately lame for most of last week. I'm pleased to say he has a shoe back on now, but he had a bruised foot after his run in the Clarence House at Cheltenham. It took five or six days to get him back sound. We did some x-rays, which were all clear, and provided there are no further problems, then it's not a concern. We've had a little niggle with him, but he's got plenty of time. It's only a small setback. As big as 7-4 to four with Beck Victor, Edward Stone is 13-8 to eight with most firms in the champion chase betting following his Cheltenham effort. Energimine, who finished six and a half lengths behind him that day, is a general six to four shot, while his Willie Mullins trained stablemate Blue Lord drifted following his odds on defeat at the Dublin Racing Festival over the weekend. King had not planned to run last season's Uncle Winner again before Cheltenham. Earlier in the campaign, he stormed to a nine-length victory in the Tingle Creek at Sandown, but unseated Tom Cannon in the early stages of the Desert Orchid chase over Christmas. He will be looking to emulate Put the Kettle On in the Betway-sponsored championship. It was the last Arkle winner to follow up in the Champions Chase in 2021. And our final story here on this week's Racing News. The Preston family have previous when it comes to upsetting the two-mile chasing division and their colours again came to the fore when Editeur de Gite denied Edward Stone and Inergemine in a pulsating Clarence House chase that may have provided more questions than answers. Rearranged from Ascot last week, the Clarence House was run under the banner of Albert Bartlett and was expected to be a stepping stone to the Betway Queen Mother Champions Chase for the Willie Mullins train 4-9 favourite in Ergemine. He won that race last year and was fancied to dominate once more. But his laboured effort in third was succinctly described as, quote, disappointing by jockey Paul Townend. Without him, many might have thought Edward Stone, last season's uncle winner, would win but he was a head inferior to the Gary Moore-trained Editeur de Gite, who carries the Preston clan's familiar blue and red Crystal Palace colours. Returning as a 14-1 shot, he led, but was headed, and Edward Stone, a 5-2 shot, looked like prevailing, only for the 14-1 winner to rally in the blue-collar manner of 2014 champion chase winner Sire de Grugge. He was owned by the Prestons, and Editeur de Gite is 5-1 to one from 25, with Betfair and Paddy Power to emulate him after giving unheralded jockey Niall Houlihan a first success at the highest level. It was a victory that also meant the world to the Jacobs family, who have a share in the French-bred gelding. He has long been held in high regard and announced himself as a champion chase challenger when destroying the gifted Noob Negra in the Kempton's Desert Orchid chase over Christmas. Trevor Jacobs is among the connections of the new kid on the two-mile chasing block and his son Ryan said, Dad has been in intensive care for 200 days with Gillian Barr disease. He's getting there. It's slightly better every day. ITV's racing is the only TV he gets in the hospital, so I bet his heart rate has gone up on his machine.
He's had plenty of horses with Gary, but Gary gave him the opportunity to get involved with this horse, and he's got an absolute beauty. Although I thought coming here today it was a two-horse race between Enerjamine and Edwardstone. Jacob's other son Daniel was also in an emotional mood. When we were headed, we were still happy, but to come back and win was even better, he said. Dad's had winners at a few nice tracks, and we've got to go for the champion chase now. We've already spoken to Dad on a FaceTime call with our mum Mary. He's crying his eyes out with joy. He couldn't talk. It will perk him up, but the come down is the reality when mum leaves. It can be a full recovery, but it could be anything up to two years. He's on a breathing apparatus now and hopefully can progress once he's off that. Josh Moore, on duty for his father, was thrilled with an outcome he might not have anticipated. I've always thought he was up to this level, he said. It is a pleasant surprise. He does love it around here. I was annoyed with myself doing the decks a year ago for the champion chase, as I said the best chance he has got is in the grand annual, and, at the time, I wish we would have run in the champion's chase. He showed he was a good horse at Kempton. It's not surprising he has won that today, but in Edward Stone and in Urgemy, it didn't look like they could get beaten. In the 2013-14 campaign, the Moore's family cider groovy hit the heights, beating Racing Royalty in Sprinter Saker and winning this race at Ascot before the champion chase. Trevor Jacobs might have a bigger battle to overcome, but do not bet against it if he takes spirit from the new star that is Editeur de Gite. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news that is the news from across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next week for some more racing news. Thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news for the weekend. And now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Nass in Ireland, 105 start. Seven races over the jumps at Newbury, 115 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 123 start. Seven races over the jumps at Warwick with a 130 start. Seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 530 start. And is also racing at Sandan in Australia and Jebel Ally in the United Arab Emirates. And switch it over to Sunday. We've got seven races over the jumps at Navan in Ireland, 140 start. Seven races on the flat at Southall on the all-weather with a 150 start. And seven races over the jumps at Exeter with a two o'clock start. And there are also six races on the flat at Maidan in the United Arab Emirates. Right, well, next up on the show, we've got our usual spot for the Equine Superstar. And this week, we're remembering Galileo. Equine Superstars. This week, we focus on Galileo. Galileo, a bay stallion, was foaled on the 30th of March, 1998. His sire was Sadler's Wells and his dam Urban Sea. He was bred by David Suey and Orpendale and owned by Sue Magna and Michael Tabor. 
His major wins were the Ballysack Stakes in 2001, the Derristown Stud Derby Trial in 2001, the Epsom Derby in 2001, the Irish Derby in 2001, and finally the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes in 2001. He won £1,621,110 in prize money. His time form rating was 134 and he subsequently retired to Coolmore Stud for a very successful stud career, but sadly passed away on July 2021 after a severe bout of colic. Galileo was the sire of Frankel. Now let's remember Galileo winning the 2001 Epsom Derby. And they're set, they're under orders, and they're racing in the Vodafone Derby. Mr Combustible slightly slow into stride, perfect Sunday began well, the pink cap third from the left and as they head over towards that far rail, Mr Combustible very handy in company there with Putra Sandhurst and Dilshan takes up a prominent position just behind them as Galileo from Golan in the centre, storming home is just behind them as they settle, back in the field is Chancellor followed then by Cashel Bay and well back is Sunny Glen Taboog about third last, on settling down and it's Mr Combustible and Perfect Sunday, the two Barry Hills trained runners out in front here by a length to Galileo who settles on the outside of Dilshan and Futra Sandhurst who gets over near the rail as they cross over to that far side now. Further back in the field then at this stage is Storming Home, out wider Chancellor followed by Golan is on the outside of runners. Further back King Carew followed in company there with Sunny Glen, also Cashel Bay and Taboog is back towards the rear as well. Racing now to towards the highest point of the course. Six and a half furlongs from home in the Vodafone Derby. Mr. Combustible leads the way from Perfect Sunday and just in behind them, Putra Sandhurst. Galileo very handy on the outside there of Dilshan. Just tucked in behind them is storming home as they charge downhill now. Chancellor in the centre, Golan on the outside, poised. Further back in the field then at this stage, Taboog is third last from Cashel Bay and last is Sunny Glen. Charging downhill towards Tattenham corner, five furlongs left to go in the derby. And the leader still Mr. Combustible from Perfect Sunday. They're stride for stride. Galileo just poised behind them. They're followed next by Dilshan, the centre. Sirputra Sandhurst is over on the far side. Gal Golan is now being niggled. Followed then by Chancellor in behind horses is storming home from King Carew. They set sail for the judge. Rounding Tattenham corner, straightening up three furlongs to go in the derby. Mr. Combustible sets sail in front from Perfect Sunday. Here's Galileo now on the outside, moving up the foot out the big challenge. Followed then by Dilshan, Putra Santos. Golan is now being popped the question and storming home. But it's Galileo who's gone for home a furlong and a half out. He's kicked two or three legs in front. Battling on is Mr. Combustible, followed by Golan, who's now starting to fly. Dilshan in trouble and then Taboog. But it's Galileo, a half furlong left to go. And Galileo is going to career away with the derby. Galileo goes on to win it. Second is Golan, third taboo, followed then by Mr. Combustible. Just behind them, storming home, and they're followed by Perfect Sunday, Dilshan. Galileo wins the 2001 Epsom Derby. Right, now we're going to have a chat with jockey Tom Scudamore. Tom's not currently riding at the moment after a fall, and the old concussion rules have clicked into place. But he was okay to talk to me this evening on the phone. Well, good evening, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Um... 
you you you've been having a rest, an enforced rest. <laughs> so they yeah, say. Yeah, an, an enforced yeah enforced rest. Unfortunately, um, I was uh, brought down in a race at Chepstow last Friday, um, and I suffered a concussion. So um, I've got to have a few days on the sidelines. So had a few tests, had a few scans, all come back okay, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to take the last of those tests on Monday and be free to ride again on when- next Wednesday. I always thought, though, that the the um, helmets that you wear, you know, are supposed to obviously guard against that. Uh, did did the horses, you know, feet? Did was that that caused it on on the helmet? Or uh, if I'm honest, I I don't recall an awful lot about it. Uh. Um, you know, concussion can come at any time, and yeah, um, you know, the the helmets helmets we have fortunately are a lot better than you know in my father's day or in my grandfather's day or certainly from when i first started but yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately it's it you know, in, you know it's a, a common theme in any sport but in you know in, in those context sports it's going to happen at some point and unfortunately well, happened to me on on friday yeah quite well i'm glad you know you're okay more or less anyway um which is which is good news um, and obviously you hope to get back fairly quickly. But, I mean, it, it, it is part of a sort of, you know, it's part of the job, isn't it, unfortunately? And it, it has to be deemed as sort of almost to be expected at some point in your career. Yeah, of course, look, you, you, you are going to get hurt and there's no getting away from that. Um, so, you know, you just got to be, you know, when, when, when you're in a situation like this, um, you get you put yourself in the right frame of mind and I'm just concentrating on getting back as, as quickly as I can. Um, I've been watching plenty of racing obviously since I've been out, but um, you don't try and focus on what you're what you've missed or what you're likely to miss. Mm. Um, your focus is entirely on trying to get back in, in the quickest possible time. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but without cutting any corners. So it's uh, you know it's, uh, it's it's a bit of a balancing act. You want to get everything right. Have you suffered generally in in your your you know, your whole career? Have you, have you had many breaks? Uh, yeah, the longest break I had, I think I was out for five months with a. Uh, it was when I dislocated my shoulder for the second time. I needed shoulder reconstruction. That was the longest time I, I've been out for. Yeah. Um, all the way through my career, you know, I've, I've broken things. I've broken backs, shoulders, uh, legs. You know, you you name it, I've broken it. But it, fortunately, the um, the longest I've been out for is, is the five months. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it is unfortunately part and parcel. It's just hopefully the the roll of the dice that you can come back. You, you, whatever you you break um, won't keep you out for for too long. But but fortunately, you know, horse racing generally has got Oaksy House and the various other ones, uh, Jack Berry House. Yeah, so that that's exactly where I'm at at the moment. So I'm up at uh, I'm up at some friends in York um, because uh, they they only live twenty minutes away from from the house in Moulton, which is Jack Berry House. You've got St. Yeah. Peter O'Sullivan House in Newmarket. You've got Oaksy House in Lambourne. Um, there is a, a little place, a, a hub that they use in, in Taunton for the West Country jockeys. Um, but, no, we're, 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 we're lucky. So I've been able to use the facilities at Jack Berry um, for the last few days, and I'll be using those up until Friday. And, um, yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll get me back um, you know, as quick as possible. And I hear that uh, you know they're very good. These these um, Jack Berry houses, etc. Yeah, they they are. They've got you know, very good full time staff, and uh, so you had physio and uh, and then a gym session today, and it'll be the same tomorrow. Um, so yeah, they've got got fantastic staff, fantastic facilities, and uh, yeah, it's it's same in, in any modern sport. You, you you've got to have these facilities for the rehabbing and what have you, and um, yeah, racing's finally caught up.
Yeah, and, and obviously they they are they are used to what you tend to come in with, i.e., concussion and broken bones. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. They 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 can cope with anything. From <coughs> obviously, me. there'll be people there, and, you know, far less fortunate than I am. They've had serious spinal injuries and what have you, and they're yeah, yeah. they're very geared up towards that. And actually, they'll they'll help out a lot of equine um, injuries you know, in in that regard, whether it's uh, event riders and show jumpers. So it's uh, you know they're they're they're, they're good places and. Um, yeah, they, they they do a fantastic job. I think I'm right in saying that Gary Moore's son, who was who was really badly injured, but yeah, you know, Josh, they, they Josh, a... Josh spent a lot of time up at up at, uh, uh, at Peter Sullivan House up in Newmarket mm. um, with his rehabbing and what have you. There, there, he, he spent a lot of time there. But he's he's come through it now, which is great, you know. Um, yeah. So, um, how was Royal Defender? Was he okay? Yeah, he's all okay. Um, he was running okay. He'd have been third. Um, that day, but he's he's come out of it okay, and you say you he'll uh, you know I don't know what what the plans are with him now, but he you know he will yeah. he'll make up into a nice novice hurdle for next season. Oh, that's the main thing. As long as he wasn't injured, anyway, you know. No, no, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter about the jockey. As long as the horse is all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I was just going to ask you a couple couple of things. Um, we had the sort of rather bizarre situation over the weekend of this Royal um, this Dublin Racing Festival where there was one race that I saw that was, I think it was nine runners, and every one of them was trained by Willie Mullins. Now, do you know, do you think a situation like that is good for racing generally, when one trainer is so ultra-dominant uh, in a race? Look, it, 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 I think <laughs> it's for everybody else to try and catch up. You know, people talk about the Irish dominance. It's not really an Irish dominance. It's you know, Willie Mullins is dominating mm. um, and has been for some time. Um, you know, it's up to everybody else to try and catch up, you know, uh, and everybody else is working very hard to catch up. But look, same as in any sport, you go through peaks and troughs. Um, and at the moment, you know, Willie Mullins is the Manchester United of the 90s and 2000, the Liverpool of the 70s and 80s. You know, he's mm. winning everything. Um, it, it does change. And if he takes his eye off the ball for five minutes, you know, people are going to be snapping at his heels. But at the moment, he sets the marker and it's up to everybody else to try and challenge it. I, you know, whether it's healthy or not for the sport, it you get periods of domination. I don't think... There's been a period like this in jump racing since the early 50s when uh, Vincent O'Brien conquered everything over jumps before he turned his hand to the flat. Yeah. Um, even the great days of Martin Pipe and Paul Nichols and etc. Et in their prime didn't have the dominance of Willie Mullins, but um, he sets a very high standard. And it's one we've all, all got to chase, but there's, I, I'm firmly of the opinion that you can't keep moaning about it. You know, the easy, the easy option is to complain and try and level it out. Uh, the hard bit is to knuckle down and try and catch him up. I think um, a lot of people could spend more time trying to catch him up rather than complaining. Well, of course, we're, when I say we, because I, I, I talk from a, from a personal point of view, I'm based in the West Country. We're lucky because, we, you know, West Country-wise, we've got such a lot of uh, activity, you know, with, with National Hunt Racing. We've got so many trainers just, you know, within me. I've got Ben Clark, we've got Harry Fry, uh, Anthony Honeyball, Jack Barber, oh, he's packed it in now, Kayleigh Willicott, uh, Joe Tizard, all within sort of... I was going to say spitting distance, but you know what I mean. They're, they're you know, yeah. furthest away is about. Look, it's, it's miles. a very, very, yeah, a very, very strong area, and obviously pointing and everything is so popular. Yeah. Um, it's a real stronghold of national hunt racing, and uh, you know has been for some time. And it's you know it's 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 it's, 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 it's a great place for for jump racing. 
Cheltenham's just around the corner. Um, have you? I don't suppose at this stage you know quite what you're going to be, be on yet, but I mean, presumably... Well, I wrote a very talking of people down your way. Sid Hosey, who trains not, yeah. not, not a million miles from where you're based, he had a nice yeah. winner at Cheltenham last week. A horse called Rock My Way. Um, I think he will probably go for the Albert Bartlett. So um, at the moment, he'd be looking like one of my... My main darts. Um, oh, right, yeah. I've got a very nice horse in, in in the bumper as well called Encanto Bruno. So they they'd be my two uh, main darts at the moment. Obviously, you know, there's a few races still up in the air with the handicaps and what have you. I don't know what what'll run there, but David will have a couple of darts to throw at it as well. So you know, we're in a we're in an okay position. Um, obviously, we'd like more, um, but uh, you know, the, mm. the, the, that's the position we're in. There's going to be you know a lot of the even the big trainers aren't going to be running that many at Cheltenham, but what they what they are going to run, you know, you, you want to make count. There's no point going there just for the day out. So, um, yeah, you say rock my way just down just down the road from you. Mm. Uh, he's a very exciting individual, and I'm sure he'll run a, run a huge race in the other part. Well, the celebrations on TV were quite noticeable, anyway, because <laughs> Sid was getting quite well. Yeah, they were worked, just warming they? up. They're they're just just warming up for for the for the Friday in a, in a couple of. In a, in yeah. five weeks time um they'll they'll certainly know how to celebrate but look he's a he's a lovely horse uh sid has put a lot of time money and effort into the sport and it's great that he's got a nice horse to look forward to yeah absolutely and um honeysuckle were you surprised that she got beat no wasn't surprised she got beat um you know obviously what state man has done recently um you know, honeysuckle's been a fantastic horse Possibly a little bit on the downgrade now, um, but she's been a wonderful, wonderful horse for the sport. And you know, I know they're, they're uh, rightly they're going for the mayor's race rather than the champion hurdle. Um, I think if I was in their position um, and I had that option, um, I'd definitely be doing the same. Whether that option should be there for these horses is another thing and another discussion altogether. Um, but if I had, you know, if I was in there. In Honeysuckle's connection shoes, I'd be doing the right thing for the horse, which is going for the um, going for the go, going for the mare's hurdle. So, um, yeah, that, I, I see no reason why they why why they aren't doing the same. And anyway, I suppose the question would be whether or not she she would have beaten Constitution Hill anyway, because looks... yeah, if she can't beat State Man, I don't think she'll be beating Constitution Hill. No, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Pity it's so uh, short a price, though, but there we go. But look, Tom, thanks, <laughs> thanks ever so much for coming on the show, especially in your injured condition. But uh, hopefully uh, you'll be fit as a flea by the time you get back on a horse. Which When do you reckon that'll be? Weekend? Uh, hopefully uh, week, week today, so uh, Wednesday. Of next oh, Wednesday week. next week, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be the earliest I can get back. Look after yourself. Don't come off again, please. And because uh, <laughs> we don't want to have this conversation again. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, no, this is the only conversation we want this year about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, Tom. Well, look, thanks ever so much for coming on. We'll speak to you again in uh, two or three weeks, and um, you know, get back soon. Pleasure. And um, you know, loads of winners, hopefully. Top man. Cheers, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Tom. See you soon. Then. Bye bye. No worries, Eddie. Take okay, care. Cheers. Then. Oh, that was jockey Tom Scudamore. Currently resting, should we say? Now it's time to hear what's been happening for the Coral Racing Club members. Well, yesterday, 10 lucky Coral Racing Club owners for the day received £83 each after Conservative finished fourth in a competitive handicap at Wolverhampton on Monday. Conservative put in a solid performance in his fourth place finish and was in fine fettle the morning after the race, eating up enthusiastically and showing no signs of any injuries. Lady Mendoza ran at Southall on Wednesday 
but jockey Nathan Moscrop decided to pull up Lady Mendoza when she slowed very quickly after the sixth fence. A vet's examination showed no signs of any abnormalities after the race. After the race, Nathan Moscrop had his say. She travelled OK for a mile, but I just felt flat out. She's obviously not very well, but she definitely prefers that kind of ground. When you're sick, you're sick, and there's nothing much you can do about it. We've probably run her a bit too quickly after the Catterick race as well. So don't forget, you can join the Coral Racing Club and enjoy all the benefits of racehorse ownership completely free and be able to follow the club's horses at the tracks and visit the stables as well. So check out the Coral Racing Club website at www.coralracingclub.coral.co.uk and we'll have more news of the Coral Racing Club in next week's show. Right, well now, a little earlier than usual... We're going to catch up with Dave Wilson at uh, Harlequin Racing. Well, good afternoon, Dave. How are you today? I'm very well. Uh, had a lovely day out last week over at Chepstow, uh, along with one of my fellow uh, tipsters on the show, Colin Brown. Oh, yeah. So we had a good old gander in the paddock and the parade ring down at Chepstow, and uh, Colin gave me the winner of the first race at Chepstow, and I gave him the winner of uh, the chase the second to last race on the card so oh, uh, right, we had a good day between us so yeah, uh, it, was, it was very good so uh, we've oh. got a nice card on at Newbury this weekend we've got the Denman Chase the Game Spirit the Betfair Hurdle so it's uh, it's looking like a lovely card there but rumours surrounding the going are a little bit concerning at the moment by all accounts they can't water the track mm. and at the moment the going is predicted to be good but the rumours that I heard at Taunton on Tuesday when I was there is that they fear it's going to go good to firm with the drying weather and the sunshine that's around at the moment. So yeah. uh, we're just uh, keeping our fingers on the pulse to see what's happening, as they say. Yeah, no, I, I read the same article as you did. So, uh, yeah, we will have to wait and see, I guess. There's not much more. If they can't water, if Thames water won't let them water, they can't water, can they? So... No, that's it. So we shall. Uh, we're going with the going that we've been given at the moment of good, but mm -hmm. we're erring on the side of good, good to firm in places. I think is what will it, it will end up. But obviously, it's had uh, an effect on some of the field sizes and some of the entries as well. For the boys that don't like the firm are certainly not going to be running there, and the soft horses have been withdrawn by the looks of it. But yeah, yeah. there's some that have already been left in and. The race cards on Thursday and Friday are being decimated with non-runners as well. We're going to changing. So, uh, as I say, just keep an eye on the selections before you place a bet of a weekend. But okay. We're going to have a look at four races, as we normally do. We're going to start with the 150. Now, I'm going to try and get my tongue around this. Jatalui, I think he's called. Mm -hmm. Number two in the race. Uh, David Maxwell horse, uh, David Maxwell normally rides them. Now, it, it's interesting to see that Tom O'Brien's actually riding this fellow. So, uh, normally when they have a jockey changer and the owner and the owner rider jumps off, they normally seem to have a very good success rate. Not saying that he's a bad jockey, but the jockeys that get put on them, the professional boys instead of the amateur, uh, I think it has that much more effect than the £3 allowance that the amateur claims on them. Yeah. So we're going with Jatalui in the first there. As I say, he's going to be ridden by TJ O'Brien and trained by Philip Hobbs. Uh, he's a winner on good going at Chepstow with a handicap mark of 132. 
he ran very well on his reappearance at Cheltenham behind uh, one of the cricket boys' horses, Captain Morgs. And he didn't go very well at Ludlow next time out, but that was on very soft going at the uh, beginning of January. Now, he's won off of a £2 higher handicap before, and he's uh, had his two seasonal reappearance runs under his belt now, one with uh, a good run at Cheltenham and one on going that doesn't really suit him. And uh, the jockey change being very significant in my view, I think the 7-1 that's on offer with Bet365 is a very big price. So he's going to be our opening leg in the Lucky 15 on Saturday, and that's Jetalubi. Rightio. Moving down to the Denman Chase, the 225 race. Now, this is one of the races that's been affected by the the going conditions and uh, you've got 18 fences and only nine horses left in it at this stage and the Denman Chase is normally a, a race where you get at least 16 runners in there, it's normally a big big handicap uh, big uh, class one race with lots of uh, good chases in there but we're, we're down to nine runners which is very disappointing now looking through the form the horses that go on the good, good to firm sort of going and uh, We've picked out one here called Does He Know? Uh, going to be ridden by David Bass, trained by Kim Bailey. They'll say all his good form is on good going or better. He's won on good to firm over hurdles as well. He's a class one grade two winner of the Reynolds Town at Ascot in February last year. Now, the other thing that we look at is when horses win the previous season. And if you get horses at a uh, winning in October, November time they seem to repeat that sort of trend year on, year out now this fella, he wins early season and February seems to be about the end of his year each time he's uh, come through because he runs at early season he's not a horse that goes through to March, April sort of time So, uh, as I say, he, he, won, he won the big Reynolds Town race at Ascot uh, this time last year he's had a reappearance run at Kelso where he fell and then next time out, he won at Cheltenham. Now, the thing to note about his Cheltenham win, he beat Eva's Oscar, who come out next time and bolted up. And the horse that was back in third that day was called Back on the Lash, who come out and won the big race over the cross-country fences at Cheltenham a couple of weeks back as well. So the two horses that finished second and third to him, when he won, have both come out and won big races after that. So it shows the form's absolutely flying along. So... He's going to be our second leg. He's priced up at 7-1 to one as well. So he looks to be a nice each-way bet if you're just going to back him single. So we've got two 7-1 shots to start with. We have Jatawul, or whatever he's called, in the 150, and does he know in the 225. OK. Moving down to the 3 o'clock, the game spirit. Now, we're going for a short price favourite here because I think he's an absolute dot on the card. Uh, very sad to see that this again, which is normally got quite a few runners in it, there's only five entered. But the going conditions, as we say, are the reason behind it. Now, the one we like here is Granatine. Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols team up for him. Nine-year-old who uh, he won the Holden Gold Cup at the start of this season. And then he comes second uh, behind Edward Stone next time out in one of the big races. And I just think his form is far superior to the rest of them. Funnable Savola of Venetia Williams wants soft going. He licks at the nuts. I don't quite think he's up to this grade. My list is certainly not up to this grade. The Mortlack was destroyed by Stage Star last time out as well. And 
I just think Granatine priced up at one to two is printing money. If you're uh, that way inclined of having a bet on an odds-on favourite, I think he should be about one to four. But that's my opinion. So he's going to be our third leg in the lucky 15 this week, and that's Granatine in three o'clock. Okay. Now, our last leg of uh, Lucky 15 this week is going to be in the Betfair Hurdle, 3.35. Now, I was over at Taunton, as I said earlier, on Tuesday, and I had a chat there with Alan King, and we was actually talking about ground at Newbury, and he was very confident about one of his horses going to be running in the Betfair Hurdle. But if the ground dried out and continued to dry out, it would have more chance the drier the ground got. Now, the horse in question is restitution. Alexandra Fawn takes the ride as £5 claimer for Alan King. And as I say, he's a horse by Frankel, so he's definitely going to have plenty of pace in between the hurdles. And if, if, it, if his last couple of runs are anything to go by, where he's run on good and good to firm, he's absolutely bolted him by 12 lengths last time out, and the handicap has raised him up £15 in the handicap. But the thing to note is, as I said, Alexandra Thorne, the jockey, is a £5 claimer. So he's only going to go up £10 because the jockey's claiming five of that back. Now, he's priced up at 33 to 1 at the moment. And knowing that he's screaming out for dry ground and everything else, and Alan King was quite bullish about him at Taunton, I think he's very well worth having an each-way bet on him at 33-1 to 1 there. So he's going to be the last leg in our lucky 15, 335, and that's restitution. OK, David, thank you very much indeed. Let's hope you're right and that the uh, the predicted going is, is sort of reasonable for everybody concerned, really, both, both you know, hard and soft, as it were. So uh, we can but hope, can't we? Yeah, the unfortunate thing is, if Thames Water decides to let Newbury water the track, we're going to be absolutely uh, bent over the barrel, as they say. Mm. So just just keep an eye on that watering situation at Newbury, because we've gone with going good, good to firm. And if they do manage to get water in that track and it does get watered down so it's good, good to soft, scrap them four tips that we've just given you and have a look at something else. Yeah. You've got to use a bit of, bit of nodder on it. It's... Uh, one of them situations where we don't know until the day of a race and what's going on. So uh, yeah. uh, there we go. Okay, Dave, thank you very much indeed. We'll join you again next week when uh, hopefully uh, everything's sort of tickety-boo, as they say. That's it. No problem, mate. Thank you very much, and we'll speak to you then. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, of course, and now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snow. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show as usual. Um, uh, Hi, Eddie. How are you? I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you've got a runner, I see, at Newbury on Saturday, and there seems to be some slight, well, not doubt, but problems with the going at, uh, at Newbury. Is this going to have an effect on you at all? Well, yeah, it has done, to be honest, Eddie, because um, obviously it's the Betfair hurdle, the, 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 the most valuable handicap hurdle in, 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 in England, and um, we were going to run hardly design it, um, but, but we've, uh, we've had to pull them out. On account of the ground, yeah. So yeah. Um, it has affected us. Um, we got Starovich. Um, he's having a, a spin round over, over hurdles, but um, yeah, it's a shame not to have Harding to swing the bigger one. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so you're not going to switch Starovich to to Exeter on the Sunday then? 
Um, we'll have a we'll have a look. I might I might declare him in that as well and just see if if the ground's not not suitable for Ebury. We've got that as a backup. Yeah, yeah. So um, apart from that, though, you've got a couple. Uh, what was the other one? Great, Great Detroit, is it? I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's right. He's having he's having his his um, race course debut down at Extra on Sunday. Ah, right. Okay. And and what chances have these these boys got then? Yeah, so Starvich is a nice horse. Um, it, 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 it's a, a work in progress. He'll, he'll get there, but it's just going to take a, a moment or two. He's probably not going to be seen to best effect since he's novice handicap chasing. Great mm. Detroit, um, lovely young horse. He's just a bit weak, a uh, bit immature, and he's um, he, he just needs the penalty to drop. So, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're nice horses, but um, this might not be their, their contact. And, and how's things looking for Cheltenham now? I mean, it's only, what, five weeks away, is it? Four or five weeks away? How, how are your team looking? Yeah, so um, we're, we're, we're obviously very lucky. We've got um, we've got some very talented horses in our team. And, and uh, fingers crossed, we, we might try and target a few of them at, at the festival. So, um, yeah, we're, um, we're still sort of a few weeks out. So um, plans still need to be confirmed. And, 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 but it's, um, it's taking shape and hopefully there'll be a few nice ones going. Is it a kind of a nerve-wracking time because you've obviously got certain horses that are sort of you'd like to put in certain races, and you know, on the other end, you've got to keep them fit, and and you can't just wrap them in cotton wool. Is it a difficult time? Yeah, you're right, Eddie. It is, um, and and obviously, you know, the Channel Festival has been built up into, you know, what is what is sort of the Olympics of our sport, really. So, yeah, um, yeah so, you know, we, we want the horses to be in their tip-top condition and. To, to win there, we, we were lucky enough to have a winner there early in our career. But um, you know, it's very hard, very hard to to have horses good enough to go and have them in tip-top form, ready to go and you know go and win. Hopefully, yeah. And I suppose you know, uh, extra sort of pressure on you from the from the owners' point of view because they're obviously want to see their horses run at Cheltenham, and you know, you want to make sure you can fulfil that wish. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, I think every you know, wants, wants winners at the top level, don't they? But, yeah, um, we're, yeah. We're lucky that our, our owners are, are very realistic and understanding of the pressures. So, uh, yeah, thankfully, they need to, uh, to, to get on with this and take the pressure off me. But a real annoying time, though, I suppose, with this business at Newbury this weekend. I mean, it's just, you know, just when we thought things were beginning to settle down again and then suddenly you get a problem like that. Well, we just need some rain, to be honest, Eddie. It's, um, uh, at the moment, it's, this winter, it seems to be all or nothing. You know, mm. uh, all, all, a lot of rain and then a lot of frost and then a lot of dry weather. So, yeah, we could, we could do with um, we could do with a, a bit more rain, to be honest with you. I'll go outside and do a rain dance for you, OK? Well, that was Jamie Snowden, who suddenly disappeared, but there we go. Um, so uh, thanks, Jamie, for joining us on the show, and we'll speak to you again next week. Now it's time to catch up with Richard Phillips over there in Gloucestershire. Well, good evening, Richard. Uh, thank you for joining us again on the show. Um, Going to have a look at uh, Newbury and a bit of Warwick then today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got another exciting weekend ahead after last week's exciting Dublin Festival where a fantastic racing went on and everyone loves it, but... Um, We've still got some great clues to the Cheltenham Festival coming up this weekend at both uh, Newbury and at Warwick. As you say, in Newbury, the ground's going to be sort of good to firm in places. It's, we haven't had a lot of rain, we've had a lot of frost, and we haven't had uh, much to uh, make the ground any softer. So uh, there's 
put a few people off from running, but it's mm. still some great racing, including the Denman Chase, where normally we have a Gold Cup horse or two in it, but we've got Hitman and El Dorado Allen, and you'd have to have a lot of big imagination to think they might win a Gold Cup, but they're two very good horses, and uh, they go there with, a, with both of a good chance in the Denman Chase. Right. What about the going there, though? I mean, there's there's doubts of that. They, you know, it needs watering, doesn't it? But they can't because of Thames water kicking up or something. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. The water, uh, because there hasn't been a lot of uh, rain in the world, um, they can't water as much as they'd like to, and the resources aren't there. So, mm. uh, yeah. But it, it's not as if it's like summer ground. So um, some horses love fastest ground, and um, so hopefully. The ones that are running, the ones that are going to appreciate that, and the ones who aren't going to appreciate that ground won't be running. So um, yeah, yeah, um, quite. But we've still got some decent racing, and we've got the Game Spirit, uh, the Two Mile Chase, named after Queen Mother's great Two Mile Chase at Game Spirit, and Grianadine. Um, again, a very decent horse around Sandown. Um, hasn't always produced it at the Cheltenham Festival, but he's a very decent two mile on his day. So he goes there with a odds-on chance, would you believe, in the, in the game spirit. And uh, the Bet Fair, which used to be known as the Schweppes, is one of the big two-mile handicap hurdles of the year. Um, the favourite is Filey Bay, uh, J.P. Manor's horse, trained by Emmett Mullins. He's won his last two for Emmett Mullins and looks like an improving type. And Had de Place, who um, a French import for the Nichols team, he won last time out at Cheltenham. He seems to be improving. Now that he's learnt to settle. We also got uh, No Ordinary Joe, and uh, No Ordinary Joe is a horse that, um, basically, again, a horse that Nicky Henderson's thought a lot of, uh, and will hopefully uh, run a big race um, in the Betfair. But again, a very open race, the Betfair, and one that normally you just watch rather than betting. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, a lot of a, a lot of um, you know um, listed races. I don't know what else you'd call them, really. Um, on on the Saturday though, isn't it? It's not just the one. It's, it's three or four races at Reading, uh, Newbury, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, as I say, there's quite a few good races there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at it now. Class three, class one, class one, class one, class three. Yeah. So it's it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. Yeah. With the Denman, the Game Spirit, and the Betfair, it's uh, always a very good. Funny enough, this meeting because the time of year, you know, has to get has being called off in the past due to the bad weather being, you know, whether it's snow or frost. Um, so it doesn't always get a clear run, but it hasn't often had fastest ground. No. Uh, it's just extreme weather conditions. And actually, you know, the way the world is changing, um, like a lot of other sports, racing has to think about how the um, climate is affecting its future. And uh, there's no doubt that um, the last 12 months has proved that on the firmer ground, some of the very heavy rains that um, the climate is definitely changing. Mm, it is, and it's a, it does make you wonder what's what's around the corner, sort of thing, in terms of you know three four years ahead. Some we've had I don't know something like three or four years where the temperatures have been the highest they've ever been, and you know if it keeps on going on this way, what what have we got to to look forward to? Not a lot, really. Well, well, luckily we're so old we don't have to worry about it too much. But I think the younger generation, yeah. uh, younger generation, should be thinking that you know, rather like in some other countries, whether it be um, in Dubai or something like that, they certainly don't race in the afternoon because it's too hot. Yeah, and they race race in the early morning or the evening, and mm. they may well be the options in decades to come. But before that, we've got Warwick, where luckily yeah. the ground is a bit better, and there's two fantastic races there. 
There's a mayor's hurdle where Love Envoy runs. Uh, Love Envoy, of course, won at the festival last year for the Noel Feely Racing Club, trained by Harry Fry. Uh, a really nice mare, that. So she goes there. And also we've got John Bond, who is the Henderson um, machine, which has taken so well to chasing. And he looks an absolute natural. And uh, he looks as though he might have a, one or two horses that might be challenging him um, at the festival. But John Bond really does look like a horse that's really taking defences and it'll be exciting to see him with Aidan Coleman aboard at Warwick on Saturday. So certainly a race to watch, not to bet on. Yeah, absolutely. I think most races are there to watch, not to bet on. Uh, far more sensible in my opinion. Um, but you get the odd one that uh, looks a bit of value, but certainly he'll be a short price favourite. Mm. That'd be a big shock if he got beat. Yeah, quite. Well, he's one to four on, on uh, Racing Post pages today, so... Uh... It's not yeah. going to get any better than that, I don't think. So. Uh... No, no, but uh, as I say, you don't have to back them all. And one of the most exciting things is to see a good horse over Steeplechase Fence at speed. And John Bond seems to be that complete um, chaser, as it were. He really has taken well to it. He's very quick across the fences. He's got the size and scope to do it. Yeah. Tell me something, Richard. I had a quick look at the um, the, the uh, Irish racing last weekend. Do you think it's good for racing that you get a race where um, Willie Mullins has nine entries in the race? Well, there's two sides to it, really. Um, it's probably not healthy, but um, complete domination in many respects with Gordon Elliott, Henry de Bromhead and uh, Willie Mullins having many of the top horses. But in the fence... A lot of these horses are owned by different people. They're not owned by the same people. They might be trained by the same person. They take each other on. And I would say, look at the horses and enjoy them. Mm. Um, it's, not, it's not all about backing them. It's not all about worrying who trains and rides them. Just enjoy the horses. And they are brilliant horses. And they are trained to be at their 100% fittest and best. And it's great to watch them. And um, Garapan and Sean being one of them. He looks <laughs> like a a proper Gold Cup horse to me, and he's progressing, and he's relaxed, he's jumping uh, with great fluency, and I think Gallup and Sean show these are really good horse. And Stateman uh, was an interesting horse, beat Honeysuckle last week, but Stateman's an improving horse, and he'll have to improve to take on Constitution Hill, but um, I don't say enjoy these great horses, doesn't matter who trains them, who rides them. But do you not think it's it's holding Irish racing back in that you've only got Henry de Bromfield uh, and um, Gordon Elliott and, and Willie Mullins? I mean, they're, they're the main um, people doing it. I mean, what about the other... I mean, are there any other sort of up-and-coming Irish trainers that are, are struggling to get a look in because, you know, they just can't break through? Well, it is hard to break through, but rather like the Premier League, um, it's hard to get through for Man City, Arsenal, Man United, really, isn't it? So yeah. it's a very similar situation, but it doesn't stop it being entertaining football matches. And uh, it's the same with racing, it doesn't stop them being entertaining races. Yeah. And uh, it is difficult in Ireland to get through, it's difficult in England to get through in Britain. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's the way the world is. But, um, uh, you know, I still think, you know, Money doesn't buy it necessarily, and uh, there is always a good horse or two that comes through from a smaller yard, and um, you know they've always got the goodwill on their side. Were you surprised to see Honeysuckle lose? No, um, I thought she ran well, and again, people, I think, unfairly wished her to take on the champion hurdle. Um, 
I think it's all about winning. I mean, it's like any sportsman, they want to be against opposition they can beat. And I think if Epitont were to go to the mayor's hurdle, along with Honeysuckle, two great mayors running together, uh, not necessarily in the twilight of their careers, but they're in, they're in goodish form. I mean, Honeysuckle ran a cracking race, I think, behind a very good, proving champion hurdle type of horse in Stateman. I think that would be a great race and one to savour and may the best mare win. Mm. So, um, Honeysuckle, she's getting nine now, rather like a, a tennis player, a footballer, a rugby player, whatever. And when they get into their 30s, they're not quite as quick as they were in their 20s, but they're still competitive and they're still talented. So, um, savour, savour them while they're there. OK, well, that's fair enough then. Well, we've still got look to look forward to Constitution Hill as well, so it's not all bad, is it? No, I mean, he looks an amazing horse, but what I would point out, they've all got to get there first. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they are equine athletes, like any human athlete. They can be injured any day at any time Yeah. Uh, because they've got to do a fair bit of training to get there. So Constitution Hill, you know, hopefully he'll get there in great form, and if he does, he's going to be a difficult horse to beat. But as every trainer will tell you, it's not odds on, for, odds on that also gets to no. uh, the race you wanted to get to. So they've got to get there first. So it's a long way before the Cheltenham Festival. A lot of sleepless nights coming up. Well, you'd know that as a trainer. I was talking to Jamie Snowden this afternoon and, and I said to him the same thing. You know, you can't wrap them all in cotton wool and you've got about five weeks to go now of sweating on whether they're going to get injured or not. Absolutely. I mean, you hope that uh, this stage of the season... They're reasonably fit anyway, and you're just in case maintaining fitness a lot of the time. Yeah. But even maintaining fitness, um, you know, horses can do, like any athlete, they can twist an ankle, they can put the foot on something that shouldn't, and within minutes uh, you're struggling to get to the race you want to get to. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it's not an easy job. It's probably the reason why a lot of trainers drink a lot and then go grey very early in their life. <laughs> Oh, well, fair enough. Well, look, thanks, Richard, for coming on again today, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. No problem, Adrian. Thank Good you. Good luck, so and yeah. we'll speak to you next week. OK, mate, thank you for your help. Well, that was Richard Phillips over there in Gloucestershire. Now we're going to pop up to Lambourne and catch up with the cheeky chahu himself. It's Mr Colin Brown. Well, good afternoon, Colin. How are you? I'm very well, Adrian, and yourself? Oh, much the same, mate. Struggling on, you know, but all right. Still still going, oh. so, you know. Ring, ring the bells in a minute. A little frustrated after Leeds went and bloody went two 0 up last night, which really upset me. But um, we've got a chance to get our revenge on Sunday because we've got to play them again on Sunday. So uh, hopefully that'll be sorted Ooh. out then. You know. But, uh, Man, you getting beaten by Leeds—that's not great. They weren't beaten by Leeds. They drew with Leeds. Well, still. Uh, if you're going to wind me up, get your facts right properly before you start winding. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any winners? Uh, did I have any winners? I haven't done much really. I, no, I had a football. I said, do you want any winners? I said. Do you well, want well, of course winners? I do. After your last week's performance, well, of course on. I do. Shh, don't tell everybody that. We might have some new listeners that think I'm brilliant. <laughs> last week I did have a poor weekend, but hey, <laughs> life at the bottom. It happened. Yeah. Mary has been sending me texts and emails all the week saying you're completely and utterly useless. Yeah, well, she's, she's, she's dead right, Mary. You give him some she's stick a, because he deserves it, you know. She's a woman shrewdly, she is, I tell you what. 
cost you a few packets of fags and bottles of gin. There we are. <laughs> well, there we are indeed. There we are indeed. There I'll do my best. Okay. Right. Where are we going? I don't know. Where Warwick. are we going first then? Where do you want to go yeah, first? I tell you what, we'll have a, I'm going to give you a winner at Warwick. It's a good thing. Won't we beat? Okay. Uh, second at Cheltenham last time out the Midnight River. Um, and uh, unseated the time before, won the time before. It's in a poorish race that I think it can definitely win. Stolen silver, 130, Warwick. Right. Hang on. Let's write that one down a minute. 130 at Warwick. What was it called? Oh, Stolen, Stolen Silver. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Stolen yep. Silver. Righty out. Okay. And you reckon that's going to win, do you? Yep. I reckon that will win. Okay. Uh, now, Warwick in the 240, the King Maker, Novice Chase. We've got John Bond running. Well, he'll win. I mean, he's 92 on. He's a very good horse. Mm -hmm. But um, he's no price. But he's one that, you know, if you want to stick him in your doubles and troubles. He'll be going there, doing his best, and just getting himself warmed up for Cheltenham, I suppose, for the article trophy. Right. John Bond. Right. So, right. moving on, though, at Warwick to the 1548, that's 348, two minutes to turn to four. Yeah. Um, there's a horse called Harter Dudari, and that's number two, and it's trained by Mac uh, Skelton from McManus. It's got a decent handicap mark. It's had three runs um, already. Won a novice hurdle. It's quite useful, you know, and um, gets in here off 117. I think it will win. And okay. it's uh, won at Exeter last time out. Or second at Exeter, but I say it was um, a winner at Warwick and a winner of a point to point in a, a, a race in France, national flat race in France. So I think it will win. And it's called Harter. Do you know, some of these horse names, I don't know where they think them up and expect us poor mortals to have to pronounce them correctly. It's it's terrible. Well, did you not did you not go to school then? No, no, no. Did did you didn't get that impression I've been to school, did you? <laughs> but, <laughs> Stupid um, boy. No, no, I didn't because I, I never went either. No, uh, no. much to my mother's dismay. I, well, I did a bit, I did a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. Just to show him a face and get yeah. on the register, you know. No, no. Well, you got to me. Well, you have, yeah. Do you know what? I went to a school what? called St Angelo's in in Ealing in London, and do you know who was oh, yeah. constantly at the school was um, Wilfred yeah. Bramble. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, he was pals with the headmaster, and I won't go any more than that. Wilfred Bramble. Wilfred, you know, Wilf, you know, from Steptoe and Son. What, the old boy? Yeah. I suppose it would be, not the son, because of your age. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no. Um, my, my, Bramble, you, my parents shelled, that's it. My parents shelled out and sent me to this private school, and uh, there was this yeah. Wilfred Bramble fellow there. Yeah. Didn't do a lot was of good. Nice I still failed my 13 was, plus. <laughs> was he a nice chap? friend with Haymaster, was he a nice chap to me? Um, I didn't really t talk to him. He didn't. He didn't talk to the to the pupils, you know, which is possibly just as well. But let's let's move on oh, from amazing. there. Shall we move what, on from what there? What a great actor! Yeah, we, okay, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. What a great actor! Yeah. No, he was a good actor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Where right. are we? Where are you, Toxter? Where are you, Toxter? 
No, we're not. Uh, oh, we've moved, have we? Now we've gone to what to you, you didn't say we're, that. We're moving to... No, I, that's because you're talking about Wilfred Bramble. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've, we've gone now from... Uh, we have gone now from... Warwick oops, to Utoxeter. Warwick to Utoxeter, yeah. Right. And in the first race there, there's a horse trained by Ollie Murphy called Benign Dictator. Yeah. It was fourth to Well Dick there last time out, which wasn't a bad run, actually. Um, well Dick ran at Chepstow last week and uh, was beaten out of sight, but I don't think you like the ground. But um, that, I think, was quite good form. So Benign um, Dictator. Dictator, I think, can win the one o'clock at Utoxa. Okay. Right. Moving on, moving on. Now, there is a handicap chase there. Time? 2.45. Yeah. And there's a horse that's entered in the Cheltenham National Hunt Amateur Jockeys Novices Chase and in the Randolph's Grand National. It was second to Super Survivor last time out at Chepstow. Nico de Boinville rode it. It was second at Cheltenham last year in the Kim Muir Amateur Riders Race ridden by Sam Whaley Cohen, but he's now retired. So, um, Henderson's got over Mr. Derek O'Connor. It's round about five to one as we speak, and I think this will win. Okay. So it's called Mr. Mr. Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. yeah. I've got In it. 245. Well done, you. 245 there at um, Utah, Uh-huh. I quite like the name Mr. of the one above him, though. Jimmy the Digger. That's got a ring about it, I think. Uh, Don't you think? Yeah, that's got a ring about it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it has, I think. Yeah. Oh, and there's another one here. Look, what are the bangers and cash? That's another good one. Oh, some good names, aren't there, really? Mm, mm. What about, this sounds like you when you walk back from the pub. Puddles in the park. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I thought it was quite amusing. <laughs> There we go, right. Yeah. Don't laugh at your own jokes, Colin. Right, that is it um, for there. Right. I think. One second, is it? Yep, that's it. We're going to go now to Newbury. Right. And we've got fantastic racing at Newbury the weekend. There's a race that used to be called the Schweppes Hurdle, and it's now called the Betfair Hurdle. Um, there is very good racing there Saturday, but in the first race, there's only three runners. Um, so that's not great. McFabulous will win the race uh, from the poor Nickel Jard. Uh, second of time here at Kempton, but that will win. Uh, McFabulous, the first race, the 115 at Newbury. Right, let's move through some good racing there. There really is some good racing there uh, the weekend. And uh, what wins the next race? That is the 150. I like a horse called Barbados Bucks. Mm -hmm. It was third at Wincanton, third before that at Newbury and decent race behind a, a Buffalo Soldier. It's trained by Nichols, owned by the Stewart family, ridden by Cobden. I think it'll probably win. It's about seven to two. Barbados Bucks, the 150 at um, Newbury. Right, we got the Betfair Denman Chase. Yeah, you know, when I was riding, I didn't. I loved my horses, but I never fell in love with them like some people do. Like, you know, oh, so worried about them all the time. You know, 
I just treated them as nice people, really. We got on and did our job. But um, apart from Desert Orchid and a couple of others, you know, since I retired from riding, there's one horse I did fall in love with called Denman. And he's owned by, he was owned by the Barbers, of course, down in Dorset. I love the horse. He won the Hensley, he won the Gold Cup. He was such a trier. Mm. And um, when he was retired, he went to some young lady to be um, go eventing and do a bit of hunting. And I went to see him there. But he's a cracking horse, and uh, we got the Denman Chase. So we need to know what's going to win it. Of I'm course, Denman was owned by, also owned by Harry Finlay. Yeah, of course, Harry Finlay, a little bit of Denman. Yeah. Got. So, yeah, him and Paul Barber, as you suggested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right in in this race. Yeah, last year I tipped up this horse. He won at um, won at Ascot and he won at Chepstow. He's called Does He Know? He's a bit of a nutter actually. He's a horse that shoots off into the lead. He not easy to get on the parade ring, but David Baskets on very well with it, and I think he'll win. Does he know in the two twenty five at um, Newbury? Okay. Now, um, Game Spirit Chase, that uh, Game Spirit, what a great horse he was. He was owned by uh, Her Majesty, the, the late great Queen Mum. Yeah. And um, Game Spirit was such a good horse. I remember him winning at Newbury, at Chase, that's why this race is named after him. And um, the commentator was Sir Peter O'Sullivan, and the jockey was, I think, Bill Smith. And he was winning so easily that Peter O'Sullivan went, oh, and this horse is absolutely winning so easy for Her Majesty the Queen Mother. In fact, Bill Smith takes a peep between his legs and likes what he sees. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was well clear winning as it liked. And in her race this weekend, I think it's going to be won by Grenadine. It mm-hmm. was second to Edward Stone. But before that beat Dolas down at Wincanton. Um, so Grentin, I think, will win the Queen Mother okay. or Game Spirit Chase, should I say. Um, not a very big price. No. Right, on to the big on the big one, the Betfair Hurdle. I'll give you something a big price here. I think it's a really difficult race. Um, I think there's a lot of horses in it with a big chance, and maybe a lot of your listeners are gonna say, Oh, this horse has come over from Ireland. They haven't come over for nothing. I can tell you, since 1963, only four Irish horses have won this race. So what wins it this weekend? Sadly, um, Jamie Morey had concussion this week, and he's not riding, so he's out. But I can see a horse called Teddy Blue running very well at 14-1, to 1, trained by Gary Moore, ridden by Caelan Quinn, claiming five pounds. He's a big improver, this uh, five-year-old, and I can see him running a good race each way. He's a big prize. Um, so that's one tip for the race. My other tip for the race is glory and fortune. Because I'll tell you what, if it doesn't rain between now and Saturday, the ground's going to be quite fast. There's yeah. going to be a couple of non-runners. Yeah. And I would say to your listeners, bet, uh, have a bet on glory and fortune and um, Teddy Blue with a bookmaker who, you know, non-runner, no bet, anti-post. Yeah. So, um, or, or if they happen to back at Friday night. And yeah, it's glory and fortune. He won the race last year. He went chasing. 
didn't really take the chasing. But he was third to Boot Hill last time out. But as I say, he didn't really take the chasing. He's only beaten eight lengths in the champion hurdle behind Honeysuckle last year. Then, you know, that is fantastic form. So this horse could, could bounce back to form and win here today. He won the race off of 1-4-3 last year. He's off 1-4-8, but this horse has got a big chance. Okay. We will look forward to that. That is where I am going to pull stumps. No more bets. No more bets. Rightio, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Let's hope you do better than last week. Shush. <laughs> I will. It's embarrassing. Mary, give it, embarrassing. If, Mary if, if he doesn't do it this week, for goodness sake, really give him a bit of earache, all right? Because he deserves oh, yeah. Mary, it. He's, Mary he's, is not going to be speaking to me. No. I mean, he's moaning about his kitchen, so you can tell he's already getting the excuses out before we've even started racing yet, so... Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, All good fun. Well yeah. done. Okay. Listeners, have a great weekend and keep warm. I'll try. Thank you very much, Colin. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambourne, and now we're going to catch up with Simon Holt from the Sporting Life. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, nice sunny day here. What's it like in Brighton? Yeah, very, very sunny indeed. Um, the big problem at the moment for racing is the lack of rain and there's so little rain in the forecast for the next week or so and uh, conditions are drying up and um, it's good ground at Newbury tomorrow where of course uh, there are several good races including the Betfair Handicap Hurdle which is one of the most competitive races of the season and apart from that race um, the fields are quite small but then there are a, a, a graded races where you probably wouldn't expect there to be that many runners but in the um, in the big races 18 going and I suspect this is going to be a furiously run contest mm. on the good ground yeah over two miles on the flat track so um, I, I do wonder if um, it might favor horses that go forward provided they don't go ridiculously fast it's uh, it's going to be an exciting race to watch I think so tactical as much as anything else then it could be. I mean, the one horse that catches my eye at a decent price for a, maybe an each-way bet is, is Highway 102, trained by Chris Gordon, who's having a, a really excellent season. And this horse made all the running on good ground at Ascot earlier in the season, beating Pacquiao de Place, who uh, reopposes for Paul Nichols, having won more recently at uh, Cheltenham on softer ground. And then Highway 102 was pitched in at the deep end, running against Constitution Hill and Epitont and the Christmas Hurdle at Kempton, and obviously he was outclassed in that, but he was actually only about six legs behind Epitont, so although you can't really trust that sort of condition as race form, you know, he wasn't disgraced. I think he's generally going the right way, and um, he's got his conditions, he should be out of trouble, uh, but it's just a question of um, whether anything can get to him. There'll be plenty of competition for the lead as well. He does look to be uh, an impressive, uh, a progressive sort of horse this season. So I just thought he, I saw 22 to 1, something like that. I thought each way, and the bookmakers will go um, quite a few placings each way in this race as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's one for our notebook anyway then. But uh, there's more than the one race at Newbury. What other races have you picked up on? Well, we've got um, the uh, Game Spirit Chase and the, the Denman Chase. And um, 
your local trainer Joe Tizard send El Dorado Allen out for the Denman Chase. He won it last year. He's been running quite well this season. He was beaten quite a long way in the King George last time, but his previous two runs were, were creditable. And they're putting cheek pieces on him. And he's up against Hitman for Paul Nichols. Uh, it's just short of three miles. That's pretty new territory for Hitman, who um, had a bit of a problem in the King George and pulled up. So quite a good uh, clash between these two. Uh, El Dorado Allen has got to give six pounds to Hitman, which um, could swing the balance. So he's guaranteed to get the trip. And there's other good horses in the race, like uh, Does He Know, Sam Brett, and Fanny and Destreville. But I would think it's probably between Hitman and El Dorado Allen. I think El Dorado Allen is, you know, with that guarantee stamina, um, could, could do a very close up in the hands of Brendan Powell. And we've got the game spirit chase as well. And this really should go to Paul Nichols um, with Grenatine, who has been in a very good horse and a progressive two miler for the um, Ditch It team. Won at uh, Exeter in the Horton Gold Cup first time out this season. Then chased home Edward Stone in the Tingle Creek. And um, he's just a really likeable horse. He's been um, freshened up since his run in the Tingle Creek. And Nichols is looking for the uh, Queen Mother Champion chase with him. He, he would be up against it, I think, in the Queen Mother Champion chase. Uh, up against the likes of Energon Men and Edward Stone, Eddie Turdigy, but uh, that's the obvious target for him. But he should be good enough. He's he's way ahead on the ratings in this race. He'll be odds on. He's up against um, Funambul Silverlo, who chased home Energon Men in the champion chase last season, a bit flattered by that. And Joe Tizard runs Alexia de Nuts, who's um, really found some form in his last uh, couple of starts and was very impressed with a wee Canton uh, last time out. Um, where he put in a, a pretty spectacular jump at uh, one of the fences in the home straight, literally standing off outside the wing. So uh, <laughs> that's a sign of a horse with confidence. So it looks like an upset run, but it, you know, he's going to do well to beat Granatine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we've got another um, top horse locally that's running. I'm just trying to find which race it's in and where it is. But um, Sam Brown's running tomorrow. Um, I'm sure you'll know instantly yeah. what race he's in, but I can't find him for the minute. Well, Sam Brown runs in the Denman chase up against Hitman and El Dorado Allen. Yeah. And the the one positive about him is the sudden resurgence of form of trainer Anthony Honeyball, who's had a really good week. And funny enough, um, I, I tipped up one of his horses at Sandown last Saturday called Cocolito. And I saw him earlier in the day. And, you know, he was really quite down down in the mouth about his form this season. He says it's been a terrible season and Coccolico Julie was well beaten. But since then, he's had four winners. Yeah. So it, it could be that Anthony's um, string are just turning the corner a little bit. Mm. I think Sam Brown is up against it. I'm just not... I think he's okay on good to soft ground. I just don't know about the good ground yeah. at um, Newbury. And is he going to have the pace, really, to, to worry Hitman and El Dorado Allen. I do think it's quite a trappy contest, though, with um, doubts over Hitman's stamina. Or at least he's got to prove that he gets the trip thoroughly. Yeah, yeah, quite. Well, you know, I know they're quite they're, they're quite hopeful about Sam Brown. They're not they're not you know mm. shouting their mouths off or anything. But uh, no. you know, obviously, I know I know uh, I know Tim and I know Will, who, who as his son, he plays cricket at our local cricket club. So 
we do tend to get all the up, updated information on Sam. That's for certain. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we've all got. Our... Well, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be heading back to Aintree, won't he? Oh yeah. Uh, for the yeah. Grand National meeting where he won last year, and he seems to like that track, and that was a good performance. And I think it's good to soft ground. So. Uh, in the past, I've always thought of him as a, a bit of a slogger in the mud, but I don't think that's true at all. Um, and for an 11-year-old, he's quite a lightly raced horse. Yeah. And a, and a tough one, too. Yeah, quite, quite. And and homebred as well. So uh, we're all, we're, we've all got our five bob on him anyway, so uh, we'll be hoping. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what about Warwick? There's a couple of good races at Warwick as well, isn't there? <clears throat> there are. Um, fields have cut up, but uh, I suppose... Um, it's more um, quality than quantity, you'd have, you'd have to say. The three races on ITV4 are all small fields. Um, you've got uh, Sam, Sam Thomas's horse, Stolen Silver, like to start favourite in the first race, been running well, second in a hot handicap chase at um, Cheltenham last time. Just possibly best at Cheltenham, um, or at least his form suggests that. The Mayor's Hurdle... Uh, is a good quality, but this Love Envoire, trained by Harry Fry, I mean, she's a very smart mare, isn't she? She yeah. won at the Chelsea Festival last March. She's won both her starts this season at uh, Sandown, and she was odds on last time out, but she absolutely packed up against Martello Sky. Uh, the conditions are a little drier, a little quicker. It's a uh, good ground at uh, Warwick. Again, this is a becoming a little bit of a concern so she's got to go on the quicker ground but um she just looks a smashing mare and she's got a little bit in hand at the others and she's got the way. um she's got the informed jockey in jonathan burke as well i mean he seems to be uh, very much in demand at the moment well i think he's a, he's a lovely rider you know johnny burke mm. and he, he does get um, you know he rides not only for harry fry but tom george and well a whole host of, host of um, trainers who who, you know, enjoy his horsemanship and have confidence in his horsemanship because I think he's as much a horseman as a jockey. Yeah. And uh, he's one of those um, uh, jockeys who are just not going to fight out the championship but uh, who consistently ride really well. The other one I'm always impressed with is Keelan Woods. And I think that, you know, these two riders are, are much in demand. Mm. as much for their horsemanship as their jockeyship and uh, it's a good ride for Johnny on Love Envoire but I suppose the only worry would be uh, running on, on quicker ground than she has been and since really showing a lot yeah. of improvement and I just must mention the other race at Warwick of course which is the Kingmaker and uh, features John Bond who is obviously favourite to, to win the Arkle at Cheltenham at, uh, two runs and very impressive in those two runs so far, a top quality horse, I and mean, he's just a, a fantastic horse, really. He won at Warwick first time out this season and then went to Sandown and uh, booted Boot Hill out of the way in the Henry Eighth Novices chase. So it's hard to see him being beaten, though. Gary Moore runs his very exciting novice, Hadex Desobo, who was impressive over the course and distance, and uh, goes a good gallop and jumps very well. So John Bond could just be tested by Hadex is over. He, he can't afford to make a jumping error. So far, his jumping's been fantastic, but with Hadex at Desobo flying along in the lead under Tom Cannon, um, John Bond will just have to be on his mettle in the jumping department. But, you know, again, on ratings, like with Love Envoire and the Mayor's race, you know, he's got a lot in hand and he'll start a, 
Oh, he'll be four to one on, I imagine. Yeah. Well, of course, we're, we're entering... Uh, I was talking to Jamie Snowden on the show earlier, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we're entering that uh, that difficult period where, you know, you've got to keep a horse trained up and ready to go, but at the same mm. time, you don't want to, you know, get them injured, and you can't wrap them in cotton wool, and sort of all the traders, I suppose, yeah. are going to be sort of living on their nerves for the next four or five weeks. Well, they will if they've got Cheltenham on their agenda, but um, just generally in the spring, because you've also got Aintree as well, and, um, you know, if you've got a good ground horse, it's, you know, must be very tempting to get that horse out now while mm. the ground is drying up. Yeah. Um, I think it would be more frustrating perhaps for, for trainers who've got horses that want soft ground at the moment and are mm. being prepared for Cheltenham. And, um, you know, you just cannot possibly forecast what the ground is going to be like at the festival. We had that deluge on the second day last year and it turned it to soft. Um, and, you know, these long-term weather forecasts aren't particularly reliable, are they? I mean, no. I read somewhere, probably in the Daily Express or the Daily Star, that <laughs> we're going to have some snow bomb from Siberia yeah. this month. Uh, no sign of it at the moment, but um, that was that's that's one of the long-term forecasts. So um, it's very uncertain. And uh, But generally, you know, in the run-up to the festival this time of the year, the ground would be a lot softer. Mm. But it seems a, a bizarre situation. You've got a race course such as Newbury, which is, you know, a big and one of our biggest race courses in the country. And yet Thames yeah. Water, for whatever reason, won't won't let them have water at the moment. You know, very strange. Well, they're only licensed to take water, I think, basically for the the period of the flat race season. Um, mm. I think it, it's it's pretty expensive as well, you know, for these courses who are relying particularly on mains water. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some, some tracks have their own reservoirs and, you know, have, have access to water. But uh, it, it's, uh, it's a problem because... Um, I was just reading a piece about Clarks of the Course this morning in the Racing Post, and watering is just not an ideal policy per se because it, it get, tends to damage the course generally. It shortens the roots of the grass. And as we see on tracks where they race on the flat in the summer and it's quite heavily watered, for example, Sandown's Hurdles Course, uh, with a bit of rain on it in the winter, it becomes extremely testing indeed, and uh, it's just just not ideal. But uh, it seems remarkable, doesn't it, that it, here we are in the middle of February and some tracks are, are thinking about watering. Yeah, no, it is indeed. But there we are. That's racing, um, uh, Simon, isn't it? And you know, <laughs> we we have to sort of. Well, I say we. Obviously, all the trainers and, and jockeys and what have you have to put up with these uh, these you know different problems that they get and and make the best of it, which I'm sure they will do. Well, it's like everyone that works in racing, I think, but it, it never runs totally smoothly, whether you're a trainer, no. a hipster, no. whatever, you know, you, you, there's always ups and downs, but I suppose that's the same in life generally, isn't it? But as we, as you say, that's that old cliche, mm. that's racing. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? You know, I mean, we, you know, we get problems because, you know, as, as a radio station, we plan out what we're going to do next week and the week after and what have you. But, but you know, yeah. you can't guarantee that it's all going to happen. And then suddenly you've got big holes in your programme. You've got to fill up at the last minute, which is not so easy, you know. No, exactly. Well, so, you can always put more records on. Yeah, but it's That's kind of, we, we, we try to, <laughs> we try to, um, you know, evenings is where all our sporting stuff goes out. And, uh, 
music doesn't really come into it in the evening sort of thing, you know, whereas music is during the day. I see, yeah, yeah. You know, but we, if you ask me, I've got quite a view about disc jockeys because I, the best ones for me are the ones that speak the less. Oh, well, that's me then. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, oh, God, some of those, particularly on um, some of, uh, particularly Radio 2 rates, oh, they don't ask whether on. And yeah, yeah. I just think, well, let's, let's just hear some music, can we, you know? I tend, and, to, um, I tend to just give the title of the record and, and who's singing it, and that's more or less it, really. I don't waffle a lot. And, and you don't interrupt the record, I hope. Uh, I do over the beginning, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you so you you talk through through the intro and then yeah, um, you've yeah. got that time presumably have you if it's like a yes, fifteen yeah. second intro that's you right talk yeah for fifteen seconds yeah and then the lyrics come in yeah well, something that, something like that yeah it's it's, it's not yeah. an exact art but uh, we we do yeah. try we do try but um, uh, you know <laughs> I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not one of the top DJs let's put it like that. Well, the top ones get paid an awful lot of money. I don't know what you're getting. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the problems of community radio. There's no money in it. <laughs> but we. Ken is on about. Ken Bruce is on about three hundred and thirty grand. Yeah. At the BBC, and he's leaving. Yeah. And um, going to some commercial station called Greatest Hits. Well, it's a fair bet that he's going to get a bit of a pay rise. Yeah, so I'm sure he will. They do earn good money. These. Yeah. but in his case you know he's a, he's a, he's the master really i mean he's a, he's a terrific broadcaster yeah, yeah. and uh, he's very nice to listen to he doesn't overdo it doesn't do very overdo the chat you know he's a lot better than i am i'm sure but uh, you know. <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> we just we just do it because it's it's good fun we enjoy doing it and it yeah. keeps it keeps me amused in my old age so uh, oh, you know yeah. there's, there's got to be a reason for it and that's it so yeah, so um, there you go. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Do what you enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay then, Simon. Well, thank you very much okay. for that, and we we will speak to you again soon. And let's hope that uh, we do get a bit of rain, and then everybody will be happy. They will be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, AD. All thanks. the best. Thanks, Simon. Bye for now. Well, that was the sporting life, Simon Holt, with his uh, suggestions for Newbury and Warwick over the weekend, and it brings to an end another edition of the Racing Show. Thank you very much for joining us. Do come again, same time, same station next week. And uh, hopefully we'll better get a few winners for you this weekend as well. So until then, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now. <laughs>